This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, and Tinsley Law and Title. Their sponsorship makes it possible for me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by visiting each of their Facebook pages. Hello, friends. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am in the courtroom of County Judge Wade McKinney. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. It's a beautiful day outside. Yes. Uh, Wednesday is my podcast day. I got to record with uh, the sheriff this morning, and he was remarking how he got out to his truck, and it said 64 degrees. Oh, isn't it wonderful? It was a great, great morning. Uh, It's beautiful outside. Birds are singing. Kids are going back to school. Yay! And 2020, I saw today a a comment that I really liked, and it's the hope that uh, 2020 will be like a mullet. (laughs) <laughs> where it's going to be a party on the back end. Exactly. And so exactly. that's what we're hoping. All right, guys, today we have a few things to cover. We're going to cover the uh, budget process and uh, hopefully hear some good news about that. We're going to talk about the burn ban or the lack of a burn ban. And, of course, we're going to review what's going on in the county about covid Uh, So stay for that. That's going to be at the end. And let's get going right off with the budget. The budget process is going on. How are things going with that process? It's going great. Uh, We're beginning to wrap it up. We're looking at to begin proposing uh, next year's tax rate at our next court hearing. Oh, wait Uh, a minute. Tax rate. Everybody who's actually listening, (laughs) their ears just went straight up. Don't they call that the hook? Yeah, that was good. We got them now. (laughs) Tax rate. Exactly. Um, As everyone knows, with the the increase in property values and the demand for everything, it's been a big year um, when it comes to Henderson County and really all of Texas. Um, This year, um, we have been struggling with how do we... um, compensate for what the economic damage has been caused by COVID, all of those types of interruptions. And as as we move forward, you know, the the commissioners are looking at, you know, cent and a half decrease on the rate as well as what's really strongly being looked at at this time. Okay. So right now the commissioner's court is looking at a 1.5 cent per hundred decrease in the property tax rate. Yes. In the, in the tax rate. Yes. Got that guys. That's a tax reduction. That's right. I think everybody just did a little bit of a of a dance. Um, now, this has not been done yet, so we're not saying that this is an absolute. No, no, this not is, until it's this voted. Is the on. idea of what what is is in the process right now, what's being thought about right now, the pot, what's going to be proposed. Right. You know, uh, that's at the, we have the proposal where we we raise our hands and vote that this is the proposed rate that we will be um, setting our budget upon. And, of course, we have our public hearing for everyone to come participate and visit in and all that. But like I said, at this time, it's in that cent and a half range of reduction. And that's that's with the, the loss of revenue, the increased in um, costs for our health insurance, all of those things that continually go up year over year over year. So that's one of the things I think that um – all right, so we got to break down a lot of stuff because yes. of the budget real quick. Number one, okay, the tax rate is going down. I know 
Uh, I can already hear people who are yelling at their uh, cell phones or whatever device they're listening to this on saying, yeah, but there's been an increase in property values. That's correct. So there, there might not be as significant a decrease in the actual check that they write. Right. However... That said, the other side of that is we've had an economic impact that's going to really hurt the county. The price of services for the county is going up. What that means is your insurance is going up. I I don't remember too many years where the cost of a road material did not go up. Um, and so... The cost of business is going up for everything that you do. The ability to even keep taxes even right. while costs go up is kind of a kind of a magic show. It, it really is. And when you look at your business model, government is a service business. It truly is. And in your service businesses that we provide like that, the majority of the expenses for county is employees. Right. Because we do not manufacture. We provide services to the consumer. And when you are impacted year over year of costs of servicing those employees and that struggle of balancing um, compensation on that, you cut employees in a service model Whereas in a manufacturing model, you cut um, manufacturing capability. Right. Where your inputs, well, in our position, we, our inputs are mostly employees. All right. So what we're talking about is what is government's main purpose? And now right. we're getting into something really crazy. But <laughs> what is government's main purpose? Government's main purpose is right. health and public safety. Yes. And so we're talking about... Uh, building roads. We're talking about court system. Uh, court system. We're talking about the sheriff's office. Sheriff's We're talking office. about the property DA, records, county attorney, uh, property records, yes. um, district clerk, right. county clerk. All of those kinds of things That's that right. have to be provided, um, and all of that takes employees. It does, and the, the amount of services needed. Right. Is not going down. Right. And just just for one specific reference that no one would really think of is that due to the impact of COVID, we are having to hold what is called paper-ready inmates that have already been through the judicial process and are waiting to go to TDC, TDCJ. We have been having to hold them for months in our county, bearing that burden because they're not accepting them to any large quantity like there was. We're over $100,000 in expenses unforeseen just due to COVID this year. Just in the jail. Just in the jail. So what that means, folks, is these are people that normally would have been taken out of Henderson County Jail and put into the prison system, the state prison system, where the state would have been paying yes. for their three meals yes. a day and their health care and everything else that goes along with paying for an inmate. But because 
the state is trying to minimize movement. Correct. Mitigating COVID spread. In order to stop the spread of COVID. Right. We have enough prisoners in our jail Mm -hmm. ready for TDCJ that have cost the county an extra hundred grand? Yes. Wow. That's in housing costs. That's what there was a you have the state has a certain number of days before they would begin to pay for those costs previously. Well, we have inmates now. I, I believe the sheriff, and I don't want to speak for him, but I believe we've sent no more than less than 10 since COVID began. No, I know. I mean, right. they, we talk with the judge, uh, the sheriff every week, and they're shut down. I yeah, mean, they are. They are locked down and nothing's, you yeah. know, and the other part of it is they're not bringing in the inmates that we get paid for. Right, right. You know, so. It's a double hit. It's a double hit. Yeah. Wow. I was not aware of of that kind of a thing. And so that's an extra hundred thousand right. dollars that Henderson County taxpayers have to foot the bill for. Yes. That's- it's those type of things that come up with governmental operations because it is so vast and sure. you have so many aspects of it where you take one hit from that direction, one or two more from another one, and you're in real financial trouble. I remember the year that um, gas prices mm-hmm. went crazy. Yeah, 07. And the effect it had on the county because you're talking about not only all of those sheriff's office cars on the road, mm-hmm. all of those, um, the county uh, barns exactly. all have their vehicles on the road, everyone having to get gas every day. But people might not know this, road materials... Petroleum-based. ...are all based on the cost of oil. Exactly. And the interesting thing is, is that all of us will recognize fuel costs will fluctuate and come down. But you have much more captive market in that road material range, and they go up, but very rarely do they come down. Do they come down. down. They they stay there. But specifically on what you were saying about fuel costs, we saw our fuel costs, and yes, I can remember this. Uh, I know at the precinct barn at precinct two, then it went from forty thousand that year to eighty thousand. It yeah. doubled our fuel budget, and then you spread that across the county. It was better than two hundred thousand in '07. Just right. increased fuel costs. Right. Uh, okay. And so the other thing now that you're talking about when we first started this talk about budgets, <laughs> we were talking Government about finance. the biggest piece of Henderson County's budget is personnel. It is. Well, you provide health care. We do. For your employees. We do. Everybody knows that health care is going down, right? <laughs> kind of like road material. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so, I mean, your insurance costs go up every year. They do. And there was a 5% increase this year. And and the previous year, I think there were eight. And you can just go so what year does, over year. What does the, put that in? Like, I liked the fact that you said for the jail, it's costing $100,000. I think our our listeners can get their head around $100,000 really easily. Uh, a 5% increase to me means not much of anything because I don't know. That could be 20 cents. Mm, 280000 $280,000. Right. Right. Just a quick off the cuff. All right. Yeah. So let's let's be conservative here right. and take it down to 250. 250. 
All right. right. So that's a quarter of a million dollars yes. increase to provide health care to the employees, which will, let's be honest, that's not going to show up anywhere no. that anybody can see. No, you're exactly right. And also with the um, one other area where it happens, uh, our property insurance that we have on our facilities, replacement costs. As these values go up, also our cost of reinsurance goes up on those as well. Okay, so you guys have property taxes <laughs> we, as well? We, insurance. Property insurance. insurance. So, so Right. So your insurance, <laughs> when the property rates go up for everybody, it affects the county government as well. It does. Because you have to pay insurance on your buildings, and if they're valued at a higher rate, you have to pay yeah. higher insurance. And one thing, because we keep going back to as the value goes up, Henderson County and the other governmental agencies in any county do not set the value of your property. Your property is values are based and compared against what is called the tax, the state evaluation study, property evaluation right. study, which its number one purpose is to ensure proper and equitable funding for schools, public education. That's right. So, and and I we we did this entire podcast yeah, with Bill Jackson with with uh, Mr. Jackson on this where we found out that the entire system is set up to make sure that schools get funded, and if it isn't uh, done right, mm -hmm. um, the state penalizes the schools and right. takes funding away, which makes absolutely no sense to me. But uh, let's stop there. We don't want to go down that road. <laughs> we can go down more rabbit no, trails. <laughs> let's not go down any more rabbit trails. So uh, what I've heard, though, is I've, I've heard a couple of big hits. We, we've heard at least part of the COVID hit. I know that yeah. can't be all of the COVID no, hit. No, no. But just $100,000 in that one little piece. We've heard at least a quarter of a million dollars in uh, increase in insurance yes. premiums for uh, your employees. What other big items um, were there this year that would impact the budget that aren't you don't usually see like that right uh, one of the revenue streams that was lost was that the county earns interest on money that it has in the bank uh, we we lost right at half a million dollars in interest revenue that goes forward to fund items of governmental service well how did you do that the t the interest rates fell because Due to the, the COVID impact. Because the interest rates fell yes. so that the government could stimulate the economy. Exactly. When that happened, you made less on your investment of money and lost half a million dollars. Right, which the county uses interest revenue to help fund functions to help Fund the budget. To, yeah. to fund the budget so that all of that burden is not upon the taxpayers, um, just as we would with out-of-county inmates coming in. Helps defer some of the costs of the operations of the jail. When we don't have those in, you have, you have the taxpayer, or if you have state mandated stand mandates that come down that you must do X, Y, and Z, and find a way to pay for it. All of it falls back on this magical pot of money that everyone talks about, but is much more complex than what is typically. Oh, yeah. Now, the one thing I know about uh, budgets, uh, government budgets, is they're very, very complicated. And if you 
um, read about them. I know that after about the third sentence, the average reader says, I'm not reading any further. I I remember my first, um, when I was running years and years ago, and when I looked at the budget, uh, and it actually came out in one of my very first speeches, I said, this thing's a, uh, what did I call it? A uh, bundled up mess. Yeah, and, and it actually did take a lot of years of under beginning to, to try understand to understand it. the right, numbers. Right. All right. So, real quick, you just laid out negative six hundred thousand dollars to mm-hmm. the county because of COVID, um, unexpected COVID impact. We'll call it because right. neither one of these, by the way. Neither one of these are the county paid X dollars for COVID masks or right. something like that. Right. These are separate kinds of things. Right. Can you think of any other big impacts that COVID had? Those those are the largest impacts. Okay, those, those two are the big ones. Those two are the big ones. You're still talking about $600,000. Right, and uh, let's see, five interest uh, Hundred there six plus all of the other. Uh, I mean, I could easily see that COVID impacting county operations could get up close to you know three quarters of a million dollars in of itself. All right. So now ask me. I answer me one question, and I know you probably can. This is not fair because I'm just throwing at you. But okay. what does a penny on the tax rate bring in? About half a million. A little, little, bit, little bit under half a million. Yeah. So a half a million dollars. Right. All right, so let me do some math. Okay. And I'm not good at math. <laughs> not, not as good. That's why I made my living writing instead of doing numbers. But if we're saying that uh, COVID cost the county $750,000 mm-hmm. and that a penny is half a million dollars more or less right then cutting the tax rate one and a half cents right equals the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars that would have you could have paid for the covid stuff yes but i want to run down this rabbit trail the property value yes. the taxable property value sure. of henderson county is 7.1 billion that's what it be with a B. Yeah. We had new property coming on at, I believe, it was, I think our values rose $1.3 billion. Okay. You think about that one-year increase. That is massive. And that's based off of the market driven along with the state sure. study so uh, we've got to come down on the on the rate it, it's the it, as we've learned through the years with um, the changes at the legislature, most recently SB2, there was a much wider gap that and when you have these escalating areas that would create instances where you are pricing people out of their homes. And with the reduction of the rates, all of the things we say is that you keep that reasonable. And that's what we're trying to do. We are trying to keep government taxation at the county level reasonable. And... Right now, the rate is lowest as it's been in the last 20-something years. Okay. I'm and gonna... we continue to try to move that down. It stayed flat. We've kept it flat in times because there were five years where the values of Henderson County were declining. 
and we kept that rate the same. We, we did not move up. And now going the other way, we're trying to implement those same type of theories and philosophies is that we keep this tight. I was going to say, okay, so I'm going to give you your, your minute here mm-hmm. because there are hundreds of listeners Mm-hmm. Who are going to say? Who are screaming at their device right now? Liar! Because <laughs> everybody knows that governments tax too much. Oh yes. Explain to to them why the tax rate is where it is, and why the county needs that money. The county needs this money to continue with the operations that it gives. Uh, Half the county's budget is in law enforcement. That is the single largest need of the county budget. We're looking at about $15 million in that, uh, 15 to 16. And then when you have the judicial um, portion of it, that's a a couple of million. You bring in prosecute, a couple of million, uh, more like two and a half million. Prosecution's another three million. Road and bridge is five million. This is a, uh, an operation that, though the services are so familiar to us, we are um, desensitized to them. And uh, just specifically, 40, right now, 47 cents per $100 in valuation. If it's a $100,000 home, that's $470 a year in county taxes. So the county services for what is provided versus what is taxation across the board is very reasonable. But remember, when property is taxed all over the state, on average, when you put all of the entities together, you're anywhere from $2 per hundred to two fifty per hundred. County's only a very small portion of it. Right. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. There we go, and we're gonna say, uh, guys, we're gonna we'll leave you with. Um, it looks like we're not sure <laughs> things happen, but right now the county is looking at the possibility of a one point five cent reduction right in the tax rate, and any reduction in the tax rate is going to be welcome news to uh, property owners exactly. in Henderson County. Exactly. All right, let's move on real quick. Back to uh, that C word that we <laughs> talk about all the time, COVID, since COVID. we just talked about COVID costing us uh, $600,000. And this is me uh, uh, vamping just a little bit as the judge scrolls through his numerous tabs and <laughs> spreadsheets uh, that he always has up and ready to go. So, uh, Judge, where are we in Henderson County? As of August 19th, when it comes to COVID-19. You know, we've been talking about the trend of a, a flattening, hitting a plateau on our numbers. And, Michael, if you and I begin to talk about something, it's guaranteed the next day to change a little bit. That hasn't been largely so, but uh, we are continuing to see that ripple effect where the COVID numbers rise a little bit, fall a little bit. They have hit this plateau where they are running across. We have e- experienced um, some uh, an additional death which is um, 
very tragic. But uh, as we are moving through this, it is leveling off to the fact that we have a steady stream. It's not a decrease. It's not a major increase, but it's a steady level that is using our resources continually at a constant level now. Um, we, we're up to 485, what is classified as active, but because the recoveries are, we, we've talked about this numerous times about how the recoveries lag due to just the demands on the new ones coming in for our seven county region. I mean, when you, when you look at the numbers today, if I was just to guess offhand, you know, we're well up into 300s. That's Wade McKinney's guess because net health is the official number, which has us at 229. You're talking about recoveries. Re- recoveries, right? Yes. And we've talked about this m- many times before um, in, in previous weeks. The recoveries definitely lag you'll have no recoveries for seven or eight days and then all of a sudden there'll be a data dump and there'll be 30 or 40 recoveries or more right and then you'll have another week or so Mm -hmm. and nothing will happen and then there'll be another data dump right you know we've been talking about data Data dumps dumps. the governor finally came out and spoke about it here recently as well but wait a minute wait a minute so what you're saying is we were ahead of the we governor. We were ahead of the governor. I like cutting that. edge. I like cutting, that. cutting edge. Cutting edge right here, guys, <laughs> on the podcast. We told you weeks ago there are data dumps going on yes. and that trends are good to look at, but daily numbers you have to be careful with. Right. And you know, one of the new things in the reporting we're seeing out of Net Health is now they're reporting the probables. Which you have to remember, they call it the PCR test, which is where you, <laughs> yeah, here we go, down this rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> you, these probables have to eventually be confirmed to go into that confirmed um, line. That's through the PCR test, which is the nasal swab, so forth, of that line. So that's new in the reporting we've seen in the last week where you have individuals that could have it, but they're not in that confirmed status. Right, so exactly how... <laughs> look on your face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. So so according to <clears throat> yesterday's report, we have three recovered in the probable case. Yes. So how can you have a recovered um, of a probable that never even got confirmed or... I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, don't, know. I don't know. So, I, I know that we are sitting here looking at numbers yes. and again if we get so granular i i yeah it's starting to like I know. make our heads hurt again makes your yes. head here's the thing we do know though yes we can track hospitalizations hospitalizations we can track how sick people are right and when, I, before we get into this i want to remind people because um, we talk about this each week and sometimes a new listener will won't understand We're going to use the term TSA, which is a trauma service area. Um, The state separates the out into 22 different regions or TSAs, and that's where the hospital data comes from. So when we talk about our TSA, we're talking about an area uh, that includes Tyler and Longview and has just under a million people in it. Um, But this is data where we can absolutely say without a doubt, these are real people in the hospital who are really sick with 
complications from COVID-19. And so how are things going with hospitalizations? It's continuing, as we said earlier, the, the actual hospitalizations hit this fluctuating plateau back around July 20th. And it has ranged sometimes from 2012 to as high as 2070. And that first 2007. Now that's I'm, statewide. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm adding numbers here. They're yeah. running together. In the TSAG. That's our TSA. Our TSAG. It has ranged from two, 212. There you go. Thank you. 212 in the hospital up to 270. And, and for the last three weeks, we have... Yeah. ranged between that. and But when you look at the jump, the initial jump, if we go back, I think it was the end of May, we were in the 50 range, and we went up in a couple of weeks, we jumped way up to the 200s. Now, right. we've been in that range, and it's going up and down a little bit. Right. Um, never going too high, but never coming under either. We've been in that level of right. sickness since then. Right, since since July 20th. And it's actually, Michael, from June the 28th, the end of June. Okay, is where the we end were, of June what it was. And, and within less than a month, it went from 58 to 220. Yeah, right. I mean, it went up. And we've th- been in that range ever since. Right, we have. And that goes back to some of the discussion that we've had. Again, we've spoken about this so much. Um the attention turning from being a second wave of COVID to it being much like you would see a grass fire or a forest fire. When the fuel load is heavy, the fire is high. When the fuel load is low, the the fire continues to burn. Sure. And it's building more in that direction when you dig down into the, the trends of the numbers. And so what we see in our TSA region, we look right. at we, we look at the TSA, we look at NetHealth, and we come down to Henderson County, and we talk with the doctors, and, and I know that you talk with UT mm-hmm. on a fairly regular basis. What we see is that Henderson County has found a plateau, yes, a level where we're at. And um, the there are more people sick now than were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. However, we haven't gone above that level much either. We're on a plateau at that particular point. Right. And, and that we have never been to this point. We have we saw back statewide in the beginning, there was the run-up and then the drop. And then when you come into the end part or middle of June, it took off again. Well, here we are sitting now in the middle of August at a plateau, and we're waiting. Well, and that's we're what's waiting. going to be interesting because we're, waiting. You know, we're coming to the end of August. School's going back. Exactly. That's where September and October we're going to have to actually really see this is going to be important time these next four to eight weeks to see what happens in Henderson County as far as the increase or decrease. Now, right. I have no doubt that the number of cases are going to go up. I also have no doubt that the number of tests are going to go up because that's going to just be something that school districts have to do. Right. So I have no doubt about that. I don't know or what's going to be 
important to see is if that has an effect mm-hmm. on the hospitalizations right. and the sick people in our community. Right, because, again, the hospitalization numbers lag because you have to run through all of those sure. other steps. Yeah. But they are the one item that we can get our hands on and truly say you cannot deny that this individual is not a statistic here. Right. Whereas all the arguments of the testing. In, I, in, th- in three weeks from now, mm-hmm. if our TSA is reporting 400 people in the hospital instead of 250, right. we're going to know there's a problem. Yes. We and would that's what we're know. going to have to look at. Right. Because I know that the number of cases are going to go up. I, I, look, right. We've been doing this for right. a while now. They're right. already going up at a number of 10 to 15 a day. You put Athens ISD is going to have 1,600 kids on campus mm-hmm. on Monday, and it's not Athens ISD. Malakoff is back. Eustace is back. Right. Maybank is right. back. Everywhere is back. Those cases are going to go up. The question is, is the sickness going to go up? Right, because we've heard so many times the um, – the juvenile aspect of this, when I say juvenile, meaning the children, the younger kids ha- have less effects or, or do not show the symptoms, but yet could be spread. Right. And it's the contact of I'm in here, I, it doesn't affect me, but I bring it home. And who do I right. affect there? That is the thing that no one knows and no one understands at this point. So it's and hold our your best, breath and let's wait. And our best way to track that, I think you and I will both agree at this point, if you're in Henderson County, because, you know, I know a lot of people want to know this information and think that there's like a secret book somewhere with uh, on COVID that that some of us have. And yeah. we're not telling people. <laughs> the report that, from COVID. That this the, this the COVID, <laughs> right. There's a COVID report that we have access to that nobody else right, does. No, right. that's not the way it works. No. But I think we're both the same. The one that we're looking at is hospitalizations, and we're going to watch that really closely over the next few weeks and see what happens. Yeah. When you look at the state for the last three weeks, it's come down from almost 11,000 hospitalizations to just a little over 6,000 right. statewide. Right. So we're just waiting to see. All right. So um, that's where we are with COVID, folks. Um, basically, it's the same, same um, where we're at. And we're going to tell you the same thing we say all the time. Exactly. Um, and look, I know that almost, well, maybe even more than half of you hate masks. We all hate masks. Yes. I know that you don't like masks. I know that a lot of you don't believe that they work or whatever. This is the this is the rule though. Wear a mask in public when you can social distance. Social distance as much as possible. The the judge and I are sitting together to talk about this and we are on opposite <laughs> sides of the courtroom talking into microphones so that we can do this without right. wearing masks. Right. And wash your hands, wash your hands and oh yes. Wash your hands. Exactly. Not only will that help with COVID, that will help with the flu season. That'll help with everything. That'll help with everything. I mean, everybody should be healthier if we're washing our hands, social distancing, and wearing masks. Exactly. It should be good for a whole variety of things. <laughs> so uh, not the least of all that, as my wife says, she can't hear me as much, and she likes that, that part That might not it. be bad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's get out of here. We'll talk about the last thing, burn ban. Uh, we talked about that pretty extensively last week, so we don't have to cover it too much. However, 
We don't have a burn ban. Hey, we're getting better. You know, we, we talked yeah. last time about we put a burn ban on and it rains. Well, apparently we preemptively caused it to rain. That was by, pretty by us good. Talking about it. you and I can take credit for that. That, that was go. pretty good. Yeah, we talked. We talked last week about the burn ban and the uh, Keech Byron index and all of that. Those details. And if you are really interested in that, folks, uh, you can look on the site. Um, and I did a story from Monday when mm-hmm. uh, the commissioner's court decided not to put a burn ban on at this time. And it explains all those numbers and everything. But the important thing to know is anytime anybody in a commissioner's courtroom or from commissioner's court mentions burn ban, it rains. It does. It, we talked about it last week and it rained Sunday. Yeah, and it's been doing it for years. It's uncanny. It's crazy. It is. It is. It is. It is. It's, a, it's a running <laughs> joke in commissioner's court. Monday, you said something about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, the fire marshal said uh, he's not sure he remembers when. He saw that big a one-day drop Around in the Byram Index. 105 points. And, you know, we spoke previously last week about how wide Henderson County is and how it can rain. We had areas— that didn't get any yeah, right. we, we didn't you know, get it. We didn't get any. So that's the way that that's the way that works. Now, um, the one thing he did say though is when you know you have these high temperatures and this kind of weather, right? Um, it can change in a heartbeat. It can. It and can. so I um, I am going to guess that burn ban will be on the agenda again next Tuesday, just so you can keep an eye on the situation. Yes, and if we talk about it enough, maybe it'll rain some more. Well, guaranteed to rain. It's guaranteed to rain. Tomorrow night, there's going to be scrimmages. Um, and you and I talked about burn ban, so it's guaranteed to rain on the scrimmages tomorrow There you night. go. There you go. So, All right. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you, uh, Judge McKinney, for allowing us in to talk about Henderson County government and a look inside your county. Thanks, Michael.